Right, let's go. <clears throat> I'm in the wrong verse. So I'm looking at John 7. Now this is for believers now. That's us. So we're going to look at verse 37. I know, it's great. So it says, John seven thirty-seven. I'm going to read um, 38 and 39. It says, On the final and most important day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried in a loud voice, If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, who cleaves to trust and relies on me, as the scripture has said, from his innermost being shall flow continuously springs and rivers of living water. He was speaking here of the Spirit, whom those who believed, see it's he who believes in me, this will happen too, and he was speaking here of the Spirit, uh, whom those who believed uh, in him were afterward to receive. For the Holy Spirit had not yet been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. And we know at Acts 1 verse 8, he sent them the Spirit of God, and they were filled with the Spirit and filled with power, as was Jesus. So everyone who believes from their innermost being shall flow continuously, not a spring or a river. It says springs, plural, and rivers, plural, of living water. And the living water, um, if we, if you can look in, uh, let's go to Revelation, just see um, what the rivers of living water do. I'm going right to verse tw- uh, to 21. Oh, 22, verse 22. Uh, chapter 22, should I say. It says, Then he showed me, he, the, John is having this revelation and vision, visions in heaven, and he's been shown things. And it says in chapter 22, verse 1, he says, Then he showed me the river whose waters give light, sparkling like crystal, flowing out from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the city. Also on either side of the river was the tree of life with 12 varieties of fruit, yielding each month its fresh crop and the leaves of the tree were for the healing and restoration of the nations. Okay, so we're looking, and we can see the same thing mentioned in um, Ezekiel 47, um, where the angel shows Ezekiel the temple. and There's water flowing out from the from the. Um, let's just look at that. It's Ezekiel 47. It's flowing out of the temple, from the altar in the temple. Ezekiel 47. So it, it says, he was brought by, by a guide to the door of the temple, and it says, um, waters came down from under, from the right side of the temple, on the south side of the altar. And the further that they went, the deeper the waters got. And it's just so interesting when you read what these, these waters did. Um, it says, if you read in verse 8, um, the angel says to Ezekiel, it says, These waters pour out toward the eastern region and go down into the Arabah and on into the Dead Sea. And when they shall enter into the sea, the sea of putrid waters, the waters shall be healed and made fresh. And wherever the double river shall go, every living creature shall live. And there shall be a very great number of fish, because these waters go there, that the waters of the sea may be healed and made fresh. And everything shall live 
wherever the river goes. And we've got rivers of living water that are flowing from us. So it's amazing. So let's see basically um, the aspect of the rivers of living water, the power of God. Let's look at that. So let's look at it. Um, well, we'll read Acts 10.38. It's basically speaking of Jesus, and then we'll see how this worked in him. And guess who lives in us? The Lord, the Word of God, lives in us. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I'm looking at Acts 10.38. Acts 10, 38. And it's Peter preaching to Cornelius, and he's telling them about... Um, it's really the gospel. But so he says in verse 38, he says, how God, he's talking the message of the gospel, and he says, the gospel, how God anointed and consecrated Jesus of Nazareth with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and with power, strength, and ability. And he went around doing good, curing all who were harassed and oppressed by the power of the devil, for God was with him. So that power was flowing out of him, bringing healing. So let's go and have a look in Mark 5, 25. Now this starts getting personal. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Okay. Mark 5. There's actually two amazing stories in the scripture. I mean, the one is the story of Jairus' daughter and how, if you read in verse 22, and it says, Jairus was a, a ruler of the synagogue and he came to Jesus and begged him. He said in verse 23, My daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so she may be healed. And Jesus went with them. And a great crowd kept following him and pressing him from all sides. So one presumes Jesus said, Okay, I'll go with you. Because it says Jesus went with them. He must have commented on, um, on, on the request. So... It says, um, come and lay your hands on her so she may be healed. And Jesus went with him. So he's going with Jairus. And it says, and a great crowd kept following him and pressed him from, from uh, all sides. So as to almost, it says, so almost to suffocate him. So these guys are pushing hard around Jesus, whether they're trying to touch him or whatever they do. They're pushing hard around Jesus. It says, almost to suffocate him in brackets. So somewhere in the Greek, that kind of meaning is carried across. And it says in verse 25, there was a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years who had endured much suffering under the hands of physicians, spent all that she had, and was no better, but instead grew worse. And you just think that that's a, a hopeless story because this woman's gone from doctor to doctor to doctor. And each one said, no, no, you must go and see the other one. He's the expert on, on this particular ailment. And, she goes to that one and it doesn't help. And, and each time she goes, it's just more and more money. And it says she spent all she had and was no better, but instead grew worse. So it kind of seems like a hopeless situation, not so. It says she had heard the reports concerning Jesus, and she came up behind him in the throng and touched his garment. And scripture, again, is just waiting to be unpacked. You've got to start imagining, using that heavenly sanctified imagination you got what actually happened here's a woman who was probably depressed resigned to her condition saying ah oh, i've tried everything i'm not going to another doctor it doesn't help it just cost me money they just want my money they can't help me and then she's 
hears about Jesus, oh, Jesus is healing the sick, and I can imagine she didn't hear it once. It's just she heard the reports, plural. And I'm sure that when she first heard it, she thought, ah, oh, don't waste my time. I've, 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 I've done with that. I've gone here, I've gone there, I've tried everything. But the reports keep coming. And I believe that eventually, because the communities were fairly close together then, they, they were operating by walking around. Um, I know some of them walked long ways. Like we've driven from Jerusalem to Galilee. And it's a long way in a car, let alone on foot. But that's what people were doing. But there were reports and it must have got closer and closer to her in, in terms of maybe she knew someone who was healed or knew someone who knew someone. But she just kept hearing the reports. She heard the reports. And it came to a place where hope started stirring in her heart. And she might have closed her ears to the reports at first, but they kept coming and people maybe insisted, said, no, you must go. We know you've battled and suffered. You must go. This is what's happening. So eventually she heard this so much, it, it like filled her mind and it filled her heart. And guess what starts coming out of lips? It says, she heard the, the, the reports concerning Jesus and Here's a sick woman who shouldn't be in a crowd because she's unclean by uh, Mosaic law. She came up behind him in the throng and touched his garments. For she kept saying, if I only touch his garments, I shall be restored to health. It's got to literally where uh, it's coming out of her mouth now. And this is what we're talking about, how the word grows, the words in your mind, uh, the word of God concerning whatever it is you need. And you, you meditate on it, you meditate on it. And the more you think about it, the more you look at it, the more, the more you hear it. I, I say the word to myself. And what happens is faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. And what happens is your faith, that's the confidence that you have in the truth of the word. And in, in Hebrews 11.1 1, it says, faith is the substance of things hopeful. It's the evidence of things not seen. In other words, faith is the proof. The proof that you're so secure and so confident you know it's going to happen. And that's how she was. So she, now it's just said that the crowd was so tight around Jesus that um, it was so, so, it says, so as almost to suffocate him. This woman, Sheila Barnard, she took her healing. Remember we're talking about don't just casually wait for God to give you healing. Take it. It's yours. You, you seize it because it's yours. Legally, uh, God has given it to you. So she went through. She must have knocked people out the way. She must have crawled under their, uh, under their legs. I mean, that, those guys were wearing dresses just like the woman were. That could be potentially embarrassing. This is a desperate maneuver to get to Jesus. So I think the fact that she touched the hem of his garment meant that she could have been crawling on the ground to get through the crowd. She forced her way through. I don't know how strong she was. Said she'd been sick for a very long time. But she kept saying, if I only touch his garments, I shall be restored to health. Immediately her flow of blood was dried up at the source. And she felt in her body she was healed of her distressing ailment. Now faith is a spiritual thing. But faith, when, when it's acted on, will have a result into the seen temporary um, world that is into the physical the natural so she felt in her body the power of god actually flowed into her, and she 
felt in her body. So she was healed of her ailment. And then it says, Jesus, recognizing power from him, had gone forth, turned round and said, who touched my clothes? So the power of God is tangible. And remember, we looked in Ephesians 1. We'll probably go back there just so you can read it again with your eyes. Where Paul says, I pray they have understanding of the power of God that is in and for those who believe. That power that was demonstrated when God raised Jesus from the dead. We're talking resurrection power in believers. It's not something that's tangibly felt to us. But when you release it and it flows to where it's directed, there is a tangible result in the person receiving it. Um, We can actually, uh, well I do, because it speaks about the power of God quickening our mortal flesh in Romans 8.11. I actually direct it into my body. I say, quicken. I say, body, receive. And this is something we need to teach people to do, is to receive. Because if you read this whole passage, it says, if you look at 31, verse 31, the disciples said to him, so Jesus has said, who touched me? Who touched me? And there's something different about that touch because there is this connection and this flow. It says, the disciples kept saying, You see the crowd pressing hard around you from all sides, and you ask, who touched me? So there is a connection that we can do to release or to receive the power of God, and that's what we need to do. Here we have one lady who connected and received, and maybe it was hundreds, I don't know how many, were touching him, and and nothing was happening because Jesus didn't say, oh, I see I'm being touched by hundreds. He said, who touched me, speaking of the one? All right? So the disciples are really flabbergasted. They think, well, how can you ask this? You can see everybody's touching you. Say, who touched me? Still, verse 32, still he kept looking around to see who had done it. The woman, knowing what had been done for her, though alarmed and frightened and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith, and in brackets it says, your your trust and confidence in me springing from faith in God, has restored you to health. Why is that? Because she heard. And faith without works is dead. We just looked at... What's that, Alan? Oh, right. Reached out and touched. Yeah. So faith without works is dead. And she acted on her faith. If I only touch his garment, and off she went. And it was that faith that closed the circuits. And what happened... The power of God, like electricity, flowed from him into her body. And the other people who who were touching him never closed the circuit. So God says, or Jesus, he's God, says, Daughter, your faith, your, your confidence in me has restored you to health. Go in peace and be continually healed and freed from your distressing bodily disease. So the faith of God, I'm not the faith, the power of God is tangible. It flows like electricity. Now, a lot of people don't know about this, and so they've never learned how to work with the power of God, how to release it or how to receive it. And some of us have worked out that we can release the the, the power of God, but we've never learned how to get people to receive it. So in some places you go and, wow, the power of God just flows. In other places you go, 
nothing happens. So we have to understand what is happening here. What is a receiver and what is a transmitter? So that's what we're going we're gonna to practice in a while. But now think of, uh, we read John 7, 37 to 39, where it spoke about rivers of living water flowing from our innermost being. Or some translations say, out of your belly shall flow continuously rivers of living water. So this power has flowed out of, uh, out of Jesus. Um, what does Acts 1 verse 8 say? It says, you will receive power when the Spirit... And again, receive... What about... You take the power from, from the Spirit of God when He comes upon you. And you take it and make it your, your own. Because you need it for what you've got to do. Both for your own... Your body, because uh, that power is in you. And it says if the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, then he will quicken and restore to life your body. So it's for you, but it's also for this outflow um, of the rivers of God. So the, the power is tangible. Jesus felt power going from him. And the woman felt in her body that she was healed from her distressing ailment. So if we sort of analyze the passage... We can see she heard the reports, she meditated on them, they dropped into her heart, and it says she kept saying, if I only touch his garment, I will be healed of my ailment. So faith was operating, and Jesus says it was the faith. You could put it in in, in these words. It's your faith that has connected you to the power that is resident, resident in me, and it's your faith that has caused that flow of power into you which has brought about the, the healing that you've so desired. And we need to, in, when we look at electricity, um, you get contactors and you get resistors. Now, resistors are things that impede the flow of electricity. And in life, in the church, we get resistors. They, they're people who don't believe. They're people who, who may be idly curious. They're not expecting anything. Or they're trying to, Transmit at the same time as they're meant to be receiving. But uh, a, a, a good conductor is something that does not resist the, the, the current. So it's got very low resistance and current in electricity can just flow. And we've got to now analyze our hearts and say, okay, what am I going to do to be a good conductor of God's electricity? And the, uh, one of the keys that I've found is to get people to just calm down. People get so anxious or they feel unworthy or, they, um, or they're trying. They're striving so hard. God, I just want to touch. I just want to touch. I, I, I just don't see that in this woman. She was so focused on the fact all she had to do was touch the garment. The rest was just going to happen because of her faith. And so we must get people to calm down. Get them to be at peace. We, we've sort of seen in our lives that we hear God the best when we're in peace. We, we've seen that um, we, we're able to be creative best when we're at peace. I have understanding of Scripture best when I'm at peace because I have revelation comes upon me. And we have the ability to command ourselves um, to be still and to be, to, to be quiet before the Lord. So, and and our, we can do that with our bodies as well. So if there's pain, if there's some sort of fever raging or whatever, you say, be still, body. Be still. Be at peace. 
And then you, you sort of reach out and you say, thank you, Father. I receive that inflow of power. And you'll find then it's much easier to be a conductor than to have all that agitation. And the other thing that people do that, that is um, something that's not helpful is they don't realize that the word of God says, whosoever believes in me from his innermost being shall flow continuously rivers of living water. So they're looking at the people and they're saying, oh, he's got great faith. He has, I don't want him to pray for me. I want him to pray for me and all this sort of thing. You just connect to God and then God in the people will flow out. That's every, it's the whosoever's. Whosoever believes in me. If you look at John fourteen twelve, Jesus says, Whosoever believes in me will do the works I do and greater works also. Um, and you look at these works, right, power flowed out of Jesus. So another thing to help people is just say, it's Christ in me who is the healer. It's not me. I'm not the healer. You know, so-and-so is not the healer. If you receive from Christ, and that's who your faith is directed towards, Jesus the healer, then it can be any of his beloved vessels who can release that anointing. It's the whosoever's. It's not the, you know, the, 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 the great you know, prophet Dudar or apostle, you know, hatchet and patchet sort of thing. It's not him. It's whosoever. So the power of God flows like electricity. And I've just seen such a similarity between electricity and um, the power of God in terms of, of the flow. So here we have a situation where this woman touches Jesus. And it says, you know, Jesus stopped. Uh, let's just see where it says that. Yeah, he's looking around the whole time. He must have stopped. to. to you can't be walking fast and, and, and looking around. So, and it says, the woman, knowing what had been done for her, fell down and told him the whole story. You know, she might have said, oh, well, you know, Jesus, 12 years ago this happened and then that happened and uh, I went to this doctor and he was useless and that doctor and then uh, there was uh, um, that woman who had that child that you healed and uh, can you remember, well, he's healing multitudes, maybe he could, maybe he couldn't. And they told me, to, and, and so I knew that if I said uh, that I could touch you and reach you, then I'd be healed. So she tells the whole story. So the crowd stops. Now, I'm pretty sure there was people in that crowd who say, what's going on? What's going on? Why have we stopped? What's happening here? Oh, what's happening? It's the crowd. They're making a record. Is that that in? Did I bump something? Okay. So there would have been something happened, and the crowd would be saying, what's going on? And someone would maybe shout, there's a woman there. She's been healed. She's, there's something's happened. That woman's been healed. And she's talking to the master. And then word would have gone out in the crowd as to what was going on. Because there's something amazing that happens in Scripture as you read from Mark 5 to Mark 6. In Mark 5, one woman connects. But she had a key. And that was that she reached out in faith. And she, she, she was a receiver. She, she didn't... Um, resist the power of God. Whereas other people had all tried to touch him in the crowd, nothing had happened. She was the only one. And people would have then seen who she was, possibly, and I'm saying, she, they would have been saying, well, what happened? 
What happened? He said, oh, well, I crept through the crowd and I touched these garments and I just knew that if I touched them, I'd get healed. And she would have shared her testimony and they would have asked her, well, there were lots of people touching them. What happened? Things changed because you go... It'll just have to stay there. I'll go home with it. Okay, leave it there. That's fine. If you turn, turn to, to Mark, okay, Mark 6. Here, here's a case of resistors. So you've got this woman, one woman in Mark 5. Then Mark 6, it says, Jesus went to his hometown. And if you read through to verse 4, where Jesus said, A prophet is not without honor except in his own home country. And that's what we're saying about going on mission trips and coming home. Great things happen out there on the mission field. You come home and you say, Lord, don't you heal anymore? But it says he was, verse 5, he was not able to do even one work of power except he laid his hands on a few sickly people and cured them. And he marveled because of their unbelief, their lack of faith in him. And he went about among the surrounding villages and he continued teaching. So what is unbelief? But basically unbelief is where you refuse to believe um, the word of God. It, it's where you, it's the opposite of belief. You're saying, you could say it's uh, doubt would be another word maybe, but it, it's stronger than doubt even. It's resisting belief. I will not believe. It's like Thomas said, I will not believe unless I put my fingers in his side and touch the, you know, the holes in his hands. Unbelief. Is, is, a, is a resistance. And, and this one came about because they thought they knew him. They said, isn't, you know, isn't this the carpenter and, and so on. But look, at, let's go to verse 56 now. Of Mark 6. Or read 55. Okay, so they've crossed over in a boat to the Gennesaret, and it says, uh, as soon as they were recognized, people ran about the whole countryside, bringing the sick people on the sleeping pads or mats to any place where they heard he was. Wherever he came into villages or cities or the country, they would lay the sick in the marketplaces and beg him that they may touch the fringe of his garments. That's what tells me something happened with that woman. Look at that. And as many as touched him were restored to health. Isn't that interesting? There was a key that they discovered, or that that lady discovered, and sharing her testimony, other people thought, I can do that. And so it was, in a way, it unlocked receiving from God, the power of God that was flowing from him. So this is what we've got to unlock now in each of us. We've got to unlock it in our ability to release and in our ability to receive. You see that? The power was doing the job. So this is not standing on the word in faith and taking the word as medicine. This is not a gift of the spirit, a gift of healing or working of miracles or um, a discerning of spirits, word of knowledge. It's not that. This is receiving the power of God that flows. So now where is this power in each believer? Well, we've seen 
one uh, picture of it where Jesus says, rivers of living water will flow from the innermost being of those who believe. And the other place you can see it is Ephesians 1 uh, from verse 17 onwards. Now remember, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. And just as these people were called, we are called. That we um, have been blessed with every blessing, it tells us in Ephesians 1 verse 3, in, in Christ, in heavenly places. So let's go to Ephesians 1. And let's, let's read from verse 17. Paul praying for the Ephesians, put your name there. Say, Paul's praying for me. So uh, you can say, Paul prays for me that uh, the Father of glory will grant me the spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him, that the eyes of my heart will be flooded with light so that I can know and understand the hope to which he has called me and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints for me. And that I can know what is the immeasurable, unlimited, and surpassing greatness of his power in and for me who believes as demonstrated. This power was demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. There's resurrection power in me. That's what it says. So that I can know and understand, or I'll read it as it says here, so you can know and understand the immeasurable, unlimited, and surpassing greatness of his power. And some translations say, what, uh, for us or to us would, or toward us, doesn't bring it out as nicely as this. This power is in for us and for us to release the rivers of living water flowing out, touching other people. And it's the, the same power that he demonstrated when he raised Jesus from the dead. And that's probably one of the greatest acts of power that God has ever done because he would have had every demon in hell, every angel, every force, every power, principality, whatever, would have been desperately trying to keep Jesus down. They didn't want him to arise from the dead. And it tells us in Colossians 2 verse 10, it says, actually it might be a bit later than that. Let's just get it for you. No, it's, it's, it's 15. It says, God disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged against us made a bold and public example of them in triumphing over them in the cross. He made a public display of them. And that was something the Romans used to do. They used to display their captured, uh, conquered uh, foes. They would strip them, some of them, they'd poke their eyes out and they would march them in chains naked down the streets to, to make a, a public spectacle of them. And this is, here it says, he made a bold display and public example, public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it, the cross, that is. That's how great the power was. That's what's inside you. The power of God. Sorry? Colossians 2.15, where God made that public display of the enemy. It says he disarmed and stripped them of their power. So what they are now is they are counterfeit, false authorities. And it's our job as the real authorities, because all authority is given Jesus, if you read Matthew twenty-eight eighteen, 
All authority is given him. Go in his name, it says, and make disciples. So we go in his name and his authority. And we push these things out the way. We basically um, dethrone them because they, 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 they're trying to hold on to authority that's not theirs. Okay. Uh, another place where Jesus speaks about the power is as he's about to, just before he resurrects, when he's speaking to his disciples. Not resurrects, ascends, should I say. Let's go to Acts, to Acts 2. I just want you to see scripturally and theologically that the power is in you. So that's why I'm just working these things. So that when we get to activate it, we come from a place of knowing what's in us. Not guessing or not hoping. Knowing. You will know the truth. You won't guess at the truth or hope at the truth. You will know the truth. And it's speaking about a a deep sense of being one with the truth. So this is what he says. Um, I wonder if I should read back in verse 5. Yeah, it says here, well, let's read verse 4, uh, but it's really verse 8 I'm after. So it says, while being in the company, that's, this is now after his resurrection, before his ascension, it says, in eating with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, okay, of, what you, of which you have heard me speak. For John baptized with water, but after not many days from now you shall be baptized. And it says here, placed and introduced into the Holy Spirit. So they asked him questions and all the rest, and he goes back to the point that he was on, and he says, verse 8, you shall receive power. That word is lambano again. You shall receive power. Take power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Lambano, remember me, is an active word, to seize, to hold fast, to take in the sense of to take as one's possession, to take in terms of ownership. You shall receive, and I say lambana, I just use that word, ability, efficiency, and might when the Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So there's another place that it says that. And then there's places in the scriptures where it says God has anointed us. Remember it said God anointed us. So I'll go to, to, okay, so we're looking um, at 2 Corinthians, chapter 1, verse 21. And it says, it is God who confirms and makes us steadfast and establishes us in joint fellowship with you in Christ and has consecrated and anointed us with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I mean, that is amazing. God has done that. And it says here, of us who are ministers of God, it says in uh, Naaman, chapter 3 of 2 Corinthians, verse 6, it is he who has qualified us, making us to be fit and worthy and sufficient as ministers and dispensers of a new covenant of salvation through Christ. Not ministers of the letter, but of the Spirit. 
So the, the Spirit, we're ministers of the Spirit. And what did he say when he spoke about rivers of living water will flow from their innermost being in John 37 and 38? And then in verse 39 it says, he was speaking here of the Spirit who had not yet been given. And here it says, we are qualified. It's God has done it. Um, and he's made us dispensers of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit, it says, makes alive. Um, that's uh, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 6. And, and, and then he, he carries on speaking about the dispensation that came that was carved on letters of stone, speaking of Moses' law. And then in verse 8, it says, also 2, uh, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 8, why should not the dispensation of the Spirit and then it says in brackets here, this spiritual ministry whose task it is to cause men to obtain and be governed by the Holy Spirit, it says, why should not the dispensation of the Spirit be attended with greater and more splendid glory? That is what God is wanting. He's wanting this glory released so that men would worship and praise Him. So we've been anointed. Look at 1 John 2 verse 20. Funny, what happens is to me is I like it into God and then I, I just want to stop and just go there we'll go there now 1 John 2 verse 20 I'm not 1 John 3 look at 1 John 2 verse 20 you have been anointed you hold a sacred appointment from above you have been given an unction from the Holy One and you all know the truth he is the spirit of truth we know him you are anointed. I'm looking at anointed people sitting here, kings and priests unto our God. That's who you are. And you have power. Look at verse 20. That's verse 20. So let's go to verse 27. It says, as for you, and this is not something that's felt. And You don't walk around saying, oh, I feel like I'm a priest and king and I feel like I've been anointed. Maybe there are times you do where the power of God shakes you. But generally, you've got to do that by faith. You've got to say, the word says it, I believe it. That's it. Settled. As for you, the anointing, the unction which you have received from him, abides in you permanently. And it says, so you have no need that anyone should instruct you. As his anointing teaches you concerning everything and is true, so you must abide, live in Never depart from him, being rooted in him, knit to him, just as, as his anointing has taught you to do. Now, that almost sounds like a contradiction to Ephesians 4, which says that God's given gifts of men, fivefold ministers for the training and equipping of the saints. But when it comes to truth, when someone is speaking the word of God, there's a, a witness in your heart. And you see the same, um, that's how the Holy Spirit works. He does the same thing in Romans 8.14. I'll just show you how this works. Romans 8.14. Okay, it says, All who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. For the Spirit which you have received, speaking of the same Spirit, is not a spirit of slavery to put you once more in bondage to fear, but you have received the Spirit of adoption, the Spirit producing sonship, in the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father. You see, that's what faith does. We can say Father, knowing He's our Father. We've got no physical evidence, but it's just something we know, because it says in verse 60, the Spirit testifies together with our own Spirit that we are children of God. So there's that 
knowing you belong in the family of God because the Spirit of God is testifying with our spirit. And in um, Proverbs, uh, I think it's 20, 20 verse 27, it says, that, it says the Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Yeah, it's Proverbs 20, uh, 27. It says the Spirit of man, that part of the human uh, personality which proceeds immediately from God. Remember we said there's part of you that's perfect? That's the Spirit. You're born of the imperishable seed, the Spirit of God. And that which is, uh, 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 is born of Spirit is Spirit. That's what we are. And that part of us is perfect. And we looked in Hebrews 10, but it says the Spirit of man, that factor in human personality which proceeds from God is the lamp of the Lord. Searching all these innermost beings, all these innermost parts. So the Spirit bears witness with us. And the Spirit is basically uh, upon us and in us. We're anointed with the Spirit and with power. And just as Jesus could release that power to people, or people could draw it off him, the same thing can happen with us. People can draw power off us um, and receive or they can be resisted as they were in Jesus' hometown. And I'm saying that is unbelief. So if we can be in a place of agreement here that the word says this is true of each person who believes, we can receive the power of God from anybody. The tangible power of God. Okay, so I'm saying the power flows. Jesus says, who touched me? Because it says he felt. And some translations say virtue, some say power, um, but there was an essence of the spirit that flowed out of him and into that woman who was in the crowd. And she received and felt in her body. Can I take this thing off now just to... So I must walk around with this thing on then. Okay. Okay, I'll put it in my pocket again. All right, so I need... Uh, I'm going to pick a volunteer. How's that? Um, <laughs> it, 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 it's glorious. So it's not, it's not a, it's not hard. Down. I'll stand up later. Okay. No, no, you stand. So if you wobble and fall, then no, you won't. Okay. No, okay, step back a little bit. All right, so now your job is just to relax totally. Okay. And how do you receive the power of God? I've sort of tried to think of many ways to help people to connect to the power of God. So definitely the, the key is to be at peace and to be relaxed in your body and in your mind. We don't want agitated minds when someone's praying for you. You have to relax and let the person who's ministering do the ministry and you just receive. Okay. So it's like, if you get in a, a hot bath, let's say you've been out in the garden, you've worked hard, you've been moving things around and digging plants into positions. and Yeah, yeah. Um, you get in the hot bath and you just relax. You just yield into the shape of the bath. You don't say, oh, I must get that heat into me. I must get that. Yeah, you don't. Or if there's bath salts or something in the bath, you just relax and you just, you just feel it just sort of soaking into your body and eventually you get so, I can, you can get so relaxed that you almost want to fall asleep in the bath. It's the same thing. 
uh, we just lean into God, like the disciple did um, at the Last Supper. Was John was leaning on Jesus' breast. He just leaned into him, and he was obviously so relaxed. That's why it talks about it in Scripture. Okay, so that's one way. It's like get into a bath. Another way would be um, where Jesus used the picture of living water, and so uh, and we read about it in Revelation uh, 22 and how it was coming out of the temple that Ezekiel was shown by the angel. It was the this river was just healing everywhere it went. Just see yourself. You've been in the heat again, um, and you're just standing maybe under a waterfall, and that cold, beautiful water is coming down, and you just open your mouth and you're just drinking it. You're receiving it as living water. Um, Another way is often when you do long-haul flights in airplanes, you've got to get out that door when the thing lands. And you just get out of your fresh air, real air, not that recirculated stuff you have to breathe for hours. And these are things that I just use to help people, to give them a picture so they can see themselves receiving from God. Okay, so do you want to stand up? Okay, so now the rivers of living water come from my inner. Just hold your hands out lightly. like I was going to touch your hands lightly. So I thank you, Father. Oops. No, see, I told you. I told you. She... <laughs> okay, what you do, you release that, that river that's in you. Sometimes if, if people, I, I pounce on them sometimes in that um, I think they're going to get a fright when God touches them and they're going to go, and then they're going to stop that flow. So I just go, I just give them too much so it's too late. So these are things you learn. You start when other people, you, you, you just get close to them and they just draw off you because the power of God's all around you. I've, I've had it um, where uh, I'm ministering and someone was trying to come help me um, minister and, and what was happening is every time they came close to me to come to try and help because we were laying ahead, they, they would get knocked back. It's like a warp shield around you. So these, you know, with God these things happen. It's, and it's real. It's tangible. I don't know. Let's just wake up. Wake up, dear. Okay, tell us what, tell, tell, try and describe now, because the woman felt in her body. What did, what did, what happened? I just felt this active sense of relaxation and the peace of God. It's like liquid peace. Yeah, just like, oh, you know. Is it good? Yes. <laughs> You're talking to a stress teacher at the end of the term. It's very good. And it's very real. Yes. You felt in your body peace flow into you. Okay. Do you want to do that now? The same thing. Let's see. Yeah, you must. No, you must do. Because you are anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. Okay. This is probably not new for you. You've done this lots. Yeah, but just do it anyway so they can see it. We're not just making this up. This is real. And unfortunately, it's not been demonstrated and activated. You know, the things of God are activated. Like your salvation. How did you get saved? It says you believed in your heart. You activated your salvation. I can read you the words exactly in, in Romans 10.10. 10. It says, 
because with the heart you believe, but it says with the mouth you confirm your salvation. It comes out, I believe Jesus Christ is Lord. I call on your name today, Lord. Thank you that you are my Lord. Thank you, Father, I'm in your household. You've activated your salvation. And prophecy is the same. Speaking in tongues is the same. Um, Confessing the word of God is the same. You are activating that word that's in your heart. I believe by stripes I am healed. Thank you, Father. I have received that right now. It's mine. I'll ambarno and take it. Thank you. And you activate the power of God by releasing it. All right. Do you want to have a go, Anne? Are you, uh, are you happy for us to connect with you? You, you're not going to fall over, are you? I don't know what will happen. <laughs> She's getting drunk in the spirit. You see, it's righteousness, peace, and joy. Yeah. So, <sighs> okay, you choose one. See, now she can, she can get out of that. It's like getting out of the hot bath. Or she can choose just to yield to the Spirit of God and just stay there and just allow Him to, I don't know, He, he, he just comforts you if you've had heartache. Uh, he, 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 he might um, move and power through your body, adding strength if you're exhausted. We're strong in Him and in His mighty power. Um, healings, this is how healings given. This is what happened to the woman who crept through the crowd. So tell us, Anne, now you can get out of it or you can stay there. Is that right? So what happened to you? Tell them so they can. (laughs) Tell them if she wants that. I mean, some of these things, you know, it says they went in Acts 2, if you carry on reading after the Spirit came, it says they went out into the street and people thought they were drunk. That's what Amanda is exhibiting, signs of it. (laughs) Tell us what happened. You felt in your body a weightlessness. Okay. And I didn't push you, did I? No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. You can actually feel the transference. I can feel, if I describe, it's, it's like holding a hose pipe that is opened at the tap. You're not getting water on your hands, but the thing's alive. There's something flowing through that pipe. And that's how it is. You see, we are vessels of God. And the, the, the Spirit of God is in us. We're the temples of the Holy Spirit. And as you saw in Ezekiel 47, the river flowed from the altar. It started, it seemed like a trickle. It got deeper and deeper the further Ezekiel went. And 
It's like that with this river that comes out of us because the more you stir it up, the more it flows. And eventually a whole room can be full of the glory of God. It's the glory of God that's flowing out of us. We're the temples and the glory comes out. We have to activate it and let it out. That's healing virtue amongst other things. When we in a healing service, that power will be flowing to healing. Or it, it might be it's flowing into places of you know, uh, emotional pain or anguish or hurt or grief. It's possible in Christ to be full of, because the, the kingdom is righteousness, peace and joy, to be in the most dire circumstances when it comes to natural thinking and yet to have peace, just like supernatural peace, like a force around you where there's just this joy bubbling from you even though things are seen sort of in the natural which is, remember, that's always subject to change. But it seems at that time, wow, I'm in a mess. And yet you just want to laugh and rejoice. So who's done this before? The rivers? Yes, you have, I know. So I didn't want to ask you, but I did. Rivers of living water will flow out of whosoever believes in me from his innermost being shall flow continuously rivers of living water. And that, that's there, always. We read in 1 John 2.27, it says, As for you, the anointing remains. It abides. It's stable. It's not our anointing. It's the anointing of God that's in us. I can remember years ago um, going to church with Heather. We used to go together. And um, we, we had a, a disagreement on the way to church. And she wasn't seeing things from our wise perspective. So there was... There was some sparkaroos, as we used to call it. Funny how you fight on the way to church. We were babes in Christ. And, but this river had been flowing from me. And so we were in the service. And because I was not impressed with the way the morning had started, I was sitting at the back of the back. And uh, we were with Robbie Rufus. And he was down in the front. And so he, I, I don't know exactly what he was preaching. But he called people up to the front. And then suddenly there was like about 15 or 20 people there. And he, he didn't want to stop the service. This wasn't the time for that. So he's looking around and he says, where's John? And I've, I've slid down behind my seat now. I, because I know that uh, you know, what I've just done and the way I've just spoken is so ungodly. God cannot possibly use me. And it will be total hypocrisy for me to go to the front. And God will be embarrassed and I'll be embarrassed and... It's just not going to work, you see. So anyway, he looks around and then people point at me, sliding down the seat like this. So he says, come help me. So what can you say? The pastor says, come help you. So I went to the forward, uh, I went to the front and there were these lines of people. I just did that, just what, what I've done with Anne and Amanda. Just touched their hands and said, in Jesus' name, receive and I tell you, it was like lightning bolts came out of me. It was more powerful than normal. And uh, I'm sort of saying, God, you can't do this. You know what's just happened. You can't do this. He said, well, no, I said, I can't do this. He says, no, you can't. It's not you. It's me. And the anointing is stable. It abides. So it doesn't depend on how you've behaved. It depends on you knowing and believing because the word of God says so that rivers of living water flow from your innermost being. 
or power comes out of you. And that's what was happening. That lady just went and she took that power out of Jesus. And she felt in her body. And these ladies have both said they felt in their body. You, I don't know what you said, but peace. Just that you're still you're looking half doped. <laughs> and and Anne, you said you felt like a weightlessness. Yeah. You felt it in your body. So that's what we're talking about. I've seen people fall from standing upright, bang, on their faces. No break, nothing. And you just hear the building shake. And they get up. You think, well, if, that, if God doesn't kill them, the fall will. So that's the sort of anointing you keep for your mother-in-law. So, <laughs> no jokes. So now the idea is to activate each one of you. All right, so let's have someone. I want two volunteers this time. I want a transmitter and a receiver. I want you to do this. doesn't matter if you've never done it before. Are you up for it, Del? I decided to pick you. You want to come to the front? Who else? Okay, there you go. All right, so Dal is going. Should we? <laughs> okay, so you you're going to relax. You're going to relax, and whether you have a sense of like I said, Labana taking the anointing as that woman, she grabbed it out his out his hem of his garment. She took it. She needed that in her body for healing. But take what, in, in a way, whatever you're needing right now, you take it. Because Anne, who's full of God, temple of the Spirit, is going to release that to you. Okay, so you just yield to it. And so you, um, for instance, I didn't read it, but in Acts 3, when Peter and John went to the gate, beautiful, it says that the guy there looked at them expecting something. So Peter says, look at us, you see. And then he says, what? I have, I give you. Not, Jesus, would you touch him? No, no. Jesus said, the river is coming from you. What I have, I give. Now, that's not proud. That's not arrogant. That's what Jesus said. The rivers flow from our innermost being. So what you have, Anne, you're going to give Del now. I don't know. Do you need to be on guard for Del? Okay, now we're going to increase this thing to everybody soon. So what I have, I give you. And you just see the rivers. Just uh, I imagine them. Just imagine them just launching out of you and flowing into, into Del. Okay, Del, you relax. You don't do anything. You receive. So you could see yourself drinking the water. You could see yourself sinking into the water like in a hot bath. Okay, let's stop here.
did you have a sense of something going out of you? You did. And you had a sense of something coming into you. Okay. Now the more you do this, the more powerful it gets. But it's because people don't exercise it that it, um, it doesn't do anything. They never mobilize or activate it. Okay, do it again. Okay, you receive, you're going to drink or you're going to yield to that and you're going to release it. What I have, I give you. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't. That, that's what we call a backfire. <laughs> correct, correct. It's yielding to God, as, as you saw with Dell. She didn't need to fall over. I think and and just getting out of hand. She's too drunk. Yeah. Yeah, you can receive by faith. Okay. So I'll I'll read what happens in Acts three just to show you this working with the um apostles. This is healing power. Don't, don't look for the spectacular. Look for the supernatural. That's what it is. The king, God, God is supernatural. It's just so natural and it's, it's peaceful in God. We don't have to have sensational. I mean, we've seen sensational things, but I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for people to connect to God. So um, this is what it says in Acts 3. It says, Peter and John were going to the temple at the ninth hour in the afternoon. A certain man, crippled from birth, was being carried along, who was laid each day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, so he could beg. When he saw Peter and John going to the temple, he asked them to give him a gift. And Peter directed his gaze intently at him, and so did John. And they said, look at us. You see here, now this is where we can be super religious and we can say, oh, don't look at me, I'm just a vessel. Just look to Jesus, he's the healer. But Jesus is in me. You know, you think of Paul, is that guy nuts? He writes in Galatians 2 verse 20, he says, I'm crucified in Christ, yet I live. But not I, it's Christ in me who lives. And the life I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He says, it's Christ in me who lives. He's not taking the glory. We don't take the glory for this. What's happening here is not us, it's God. But it's because God has chosen us as temples of the Holy Spirit to release that goodness. So Peter's not saying, oh, just look to Jesus, beggar. He's the source. He says, look at us. This is Acts uh, 3 verse 4. And Peter directed his gaze intently at him. And so, oh, sorry, I've read that already. It said, look at us. And the man paid attention to them, expecting that he was going to get something from them. Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, 
But what I do have, that I give you in the use of the name of Jesus. In other words, the use of in brackets. In the name of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, walk. And he took hold of him. And this is, this is working of miracles. He just whipped him up to his feet. There was no time. It was like he was surprised. One minute he's sitting on the floor. Next minute, in the name of Jesus, he's whipped up to his feet. And, and, and it says, once he was raised, it says, his ankle and feet, uh, his, his feet and ankle bones became strong and steady. And leaping forth, he began to walk, leaping and praising God. Isn't that amazing? And further on in uh, the next chapter, because they're challenging Peter, and um, they say, well, how do you do this, you see? And Peter says, if we've been put on trial and examined, con- examined concerning a good deed done to benefit a cripple, by, which, by what means this man has been re- restored to health? Let it be known and understood by all of you, that's uh, Acts 4 verse 10, by the whole house of Israel, that in the name and through the power and authority of Jesus Christ, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, in him and by means of him, this man is standing here before you, well and sound in body. So it's in the name and through the power. And that is how the power is released. And we've seen cancers healed. We've seen bones healed. We've seen backs out of a line, move back in line. We've seen lots and lots of miracles. Tumors shrivel up and disappear. And you know, people are looking for the sensational say, well, how did that happen? Yeah? Was it amazing? Did you hear bones cracking or something? I believe that people have. I've never seen, I've never heard bones crackling as they pull in line. But people just move in line and we saw a leg grow uh, grow out and that's common where people sit on chairs and put their legs out and the leg grew out and and, and a guy had one leg shorter than the other he used to have to stand he would lean against the corner and he'd put his one foot on top of the other because of the difference in height so that he, he didn't otherwise his back would get stressed this is how you do it you just believe in the power and the authority in the name Yeah. No, no. We basically minister to them. So we do. We speak to them. We talk to them. We tell them what we're doing. And uh, we need to spend lots of time. See, the pattern at the moment is that people get rushed forward in the line. Of boom, 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 boom. I don't like doing that. And remember Gail? There, there was maybe some of you who weren't here yesterday. Gail. This is Gail Cranston and Brunt. They shared, or she shared the testimony of what's happened to her son, Murray. And how long was that, that we were working on that, Gail? It was a couple of hours, wasn't it? Yeah. So we spoke to Murray, and then we spoke to Gail and Brian, because they're his parents. And, uh, and then we, we prayed for him, and then we asked him, how are you doing, what's happening, and spoke a bit again, and then we ministered a bit more. So, no, it's not like that. And what we're doing now is just, I'm just demonstrating how the power flows. That's really what I wanted to do. Yeah, so we, we, we want you to see that this happens and that people do get affected. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to feel something in your body every single time, but often you do. And that woman in Mark 5:25, she did. She felt that she was healed of her ailment. So um, we've had people who, go away and they say, well, even with, I don't know, did my, oh yeah, Murray did feel, he felt heat in his eyes, he said. 
as well because we're praying for his eyesight. So we prayed for a couple of different things for Murray. And um, basically what happened was, as Gail explained, he loves drawing these epileptic, he loved drawing things and copying things, and um, especially his epilepsy, which I don't know why it's epilepsy, but that's what he likes. Eh? And he, he had got to a place where he was blind. He couldn't see anymore. And he had lost vision. It seems if he turned his head, he seemed to be looking like, yeah, he was looking here trying to see what he was doing. So he couldn't draw anymore. So we prayed for his eyes, and he felt heat in his eyes. And that's what we were doing, just releasing the power of God and just drawing down the, uh, the power and the healing. And we, we spoke to him and said, oh, this is what God's doing. This is what we believe in for. Can you receive that? I can't remember all the words we said, but it was a long time. And then his eyesight improved virtually within, I don't know, 20 minutes, didn't it? So suddenly he was drawing again, and then Gail went and wrote, you, you wrote something quite detailed, and he copied it exactly, and he was looking straight again. So is he still looking straight now? Or is he still doing that? Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And now basically what's happened, we prayed for his mind to open up. And Gail was saying he's using sentences, which he's never done. He's how? 32? How old? 38. Wow, how time has gone, eh? Yeah. So that was how we ministered to him, you see. And that's how it is. But like that, Acts 3, that was quick. Silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And the guy's up on his feet and things happen. It just depends where people are at. So we try and locate where people are at. Yeah, well, let's, Namusa's sitting there. She wants prayer. So people around Namusa, you're going to release the power. Maybe two or three, um, minister to her. And, and just quietly get her to calm down. Namusa must just receive. And you just release what you've got to it. And if God shows you, because again, when I'm doing that, which I haven't been doing now, I'm always saying, what, what's the issue? What's the issue? So my mind is praying. Even as I'm speaking, uh, I speak things. And if I shut my eyes, I'm praying in my mind, which the person won't hear. And I'm asking God for light, for revelation. I'm saying, Lord, do we need a gift of the Spirit? Just give us what we need to get the job done here. So you've got to do all that while you're ministering quietly and not shouting, not pushing. I normally just touch people lightly like that. I might at times lay hands on, on if it's a knee or on a head or something. But normally I just like to touch hands. I don't want anyone to think they were pushed if they fell over. Or, we don't do that. This is, this is God. It's, it's the rivers flowing out of us. So you guys up to... Activate that thing now. Every single one. Yeah. Yeah. No. Your job is just to to receive, and that's what happened. But often what happens is um, people, it's almost like they're they're polite. So maybe you've been polite. When, when When God's ministering to me, I'm saying, 
God, if it's if it's five gallons you want to give me, I want ten. Yeah. So you you you've you've just got to take it, everything you can, every connection, just draw it from God, and then don't stop and say, oh, that was lovely, I felt such peace, and now you've stopped. See, you must say, oh, more, Lord, and then you can fall down. So. Often, if, if it helps, if people are worried about falling down, let them sit on a chair or something. The idea is to just keep drawing. And then you can, you can go back to your chair if you have fallen down, and you can carry on. Or you can just say where you are. Just keep drawing. Say more, more. That's, that's beautiful, more. So it just depends on the people. But the more they learn um, how to receive, the more they, they receive. And I can do that by myself. I just use that Romans 8.11 where it says, If the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in me, he will quicken me. And that means he will speed me up. He will energize me. His healing power will flow through me. His virtue. So I just say, body, receive it. It says that the, the spirit of him will quicken, who raised Jesus from the dead, will quicken you and restore you to life. So I, re, I, I, I receive strength. I receive life. Thank you, Lord. You renew our youth. We want that youthful vigor. So um, we don't have to get old. It doesn't matter what age we are. We don't have to be old. So, um, okay, are there any more questions before we do this? Because the idea is to activate you. That's where you've, well, that's why I'm saying, I've been saying, God, how do we connect people to the power? Because that was the case in the crowd with Jesus. One connected. All the others that were touching, maybe needing healing, didn't connect. And so I say, well, imagine you drinking. The rivers are flowing, Jesus said. Just let the river wash over you. Uh, be at peace. I think the biggest thing is that we get people to a place of peace. Because when we pray for healing, let's say, for instance, someone's had a report of cancer. That thing's like a movie or it's like a pre-recorded tape. That report, those words, those pronouncements, that's going round and round and round in their head. So there's noise in their head. And you've got to say, now, just lay everything down and just see Jesus as the comforter. And he's going to release that comfort to you. So I don't know every answer. I've had exactly what you're talking about. And it just grieves my heart. I say, God, how do we get them all to receive? Because it says in Mark 6.56, everybody who touched him was healed. And here we are, like you say, the Spirit of God's in us. He's flowing around us. One's getting touched. One's not getting touched. So I've taken to like praying for congregations before we even minister healing. So I do that in prayer before I come. I say, oh God, open their eyes. Flood them with light. You know that prayer of, of Paul in Ephesians 1.17 through let them know your power. That power's for them. It's for their healing. It's to quicken them. Father, whatever, just give us the tools. If it's a gift of the Spirit, a word of knowledge, just that power can connect and so we can see results. So we've just got to do more of that in terms of God because Jesus didn't, even though he healed in, in so many scenes, why didn't he heal the man at the gate beautiful? He walked past him. Why didn't he heal... Um, uh, other people at Bethesda and John 5, one person got healed. So uh, th there's reasons in God. We've got to get to the bottom of it. That's, 
That's our job. We've got to know, like you're saying, that it's real. We've seen results. And uh, don't get wearied by healing. Allow, because, you know, I, I had it. I'm just trying to think. Oh, it was, I was in Harare. I was preaching to a bunch of apostles and prophets. And I thought we were talking about prayer. And they wanted healing. And these people were just coming and coming and coming. And there was a time where it was easy. I was flowing in God. And then what started happening is some people started talking and other people were leaving. And it was like that presence and that, that power of God lifted off. So I'm just like now dredging this out of myself to give to them. And eventually I ran away. I said, oh, I've got to go to the toilet. And I went to the toilet and it was out the door of the hall and I was down the stairs and gone. So I still don't know what they said, but I, I ran away. But that happens. It becomes a, a burden, and that's when it's the time to stop, not to continue. I don't know. Maybe he wanted to be able to move around. I don't know, because you, you read about the crowd. Look at that when he was going to Jairus's uh, house. It says they pressed around him, so it says in Amplified, almost to suffocate him. There was just desperation and needs there. We see that when we minister in Africa. You know, the people don't just rush off to the doctor and get drugs. They got one chance, and it's Jesus, and they take it. Are, are you casting out the spirit of addiction? That's the point. Because we, we've just seen that uh, these, these demonic beings, they, they create appetites in someone because they live in their personality through them, like the, the dumb spirit or the spirit that was throwing the boy in the fire in Mark 9, Matthew 17. And that was a spirit that was cast out of them. And we were dealing with heroin addiction and we were uh, rebuking and casting out the spirits of addiction. And we were, and we were teaching them to pray in tongues because heroin addicts, and I'm sure it's the same with the alcoholic, I didn't deal with them so much. But the addiction is so strong, they're more scared of not having the drug than they are of, uh, and, and the withdrawal symptoms than they are of taking the drug and, and even dying from the drug. They, they don't stop. They carry on till they die. So we would cast the spirits out and then get them praying in tongues. And they would literally get delivered without any um, withdrawal symptoms. That's the power of God. And it's just a natural thing, supernatural. It's best, yeah. It's best to tell them what's happening and say, look, this is what the word says. The word says that there's a spirit that's um, caused these, you know, basically because it's, it's, it's trying, it's going to kill her. And who's it who comes to rob, steal, and destroy? It's the devil or one of his agents. So that's a, a way to go for her. And I, I think we saw lots of success with that. I've seen that in healing. When we're rebuking spirits of infirmity, we've seen people healed. Our success rate has gone up like 80%. Yeah. Now that's, that's why we have to press in. That's why I read that 2 Peter uh, Second uh, uh, Peter 1 verse 3 where it says God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge. How many years did you spend getting educated? You went to school for 10. You might have gone to university or secondary education and Christians don't do that. 
we don't pursue the things of God. I mean, we've spent years and years and years learning what we have. And our, our heart's desire is that we can just communicate everything we know fast so there doesn't have to be eight years wasted. You, there could have been eight people delivered by now. And to discover why is it that we're getting blocks, why are we failing in some areas. So that's our heart cry to God, that we can resolve these things and understand. So we're, gonna, we're definitely going to pray for each other now, aren't we? Okay, because we, we said we'd finish at three, so we got half an hour. So then we'll, let's, let's do the exercise, and then we'll try and um, d- sort out any problems. You know, if there's like blockages, oh, I, I think I felt something, but nothing happened, or uh, the person didn't receive, it was there. And then we, we, we'll try and just sort these things out, because everyone can give and take the power of God. Okay, so how are we going to do this? Shall we divide... There are husbands and wives. Okay. Heather organizes teachers. and Here we go. Any, anyone who hasn't got a partner? Yeah. Have a go. It's a, it's, it's a safe environment. Um, no? There'll be someone here. Anne, have you got a partner? Is there anyone who's missing a partner? Okay, everyone's got a partner. 